everyone wants a reckoning and there will be a reckoning and it takes time. And one place that that time is going into investigation is Scotland. And here's the latest headline over there. And it's not about vaccines. It's about how people were put on uh, palliative care, basically death pathways when they had COVID. The death protocol, COVID whistleblower Leslie Roberts believes this one medical blunder cost thousands of lives. So it says in this article, she is speaking out after receiving a restraining, a restriction order from the Scottish COVID inquiry that would prevent her from disclosing any of the evidence or documents she has submitted to the probe. Ms. Roberts says she fears the impact will be to stop her and other campaigners from criticizing the Scottish government. So this is still ongoing. It goes on to say, it relates to the NG163 end of life protocol from NICE, National Institute for Health and Care Excellence. It was issued to doctors and nurses across the UK in April on April 3rd, 2020, and remained in place until March 21st, 2021. According to Ms. Roberts and other health campaigners, NG163 essentially told medics to prescribe a deadly cocktail of powerful drugs to people in hospital and elsewhere who had been diagnosed with an advanced case of COVID-19. She says they were called silence me drugs. I don't believe any nurse wants to watch their patients die, but I'm afraid that is what happened as a result of the COVID care protocol. So let's go back to those guidelines, because this is what I mean, this is an ongoing investigation in Scotland right now to see what happened, not only in care homes, but also just in hospitals in general. So in April of 2020, uh, this National Institute put out these guidelines here. This was the COVID-19 rapid guidelines for managing symptoms and under managing breathlessness. You know, that third stage of COVID breathlessness, uh, consider an opioid or benzodiazepine combination for patients with COVID-19 who are at the end of life and have moderate to severe breathlessness and are distressed. Now, remember, at that time, there was no early prevention as we as you know, Peter, Dr. Peter McCullough made famous. They were looking for early treatment. There was nothing. Mm-hmm. So it was basically just people racing through those three stages of COVID until they had breathlessness. And then it was kind of just like, well, you know, hospitals can't help you until you're there. And when you're there, just go to the hospital and in, in America, get put on a ventilator. But right. in the in the UK and Scotland and these areas, it was basically this, this end of life protocol that, that gave them the drugs. So right when that nice protocol was put out, you had 11 of the UK's most senior consultants in palliative care medicine and they went to the bmj rapid response and they wrote this article right here and it says the protocols these basically these protocols need review they said we are concerned that uncritical use of ng163 may create unintended risks for people with suspected or actual covid 19 infection the combination of opioid benzodiazepine and or neuroleptic is used in specialist specialist palliative care settings for symptom control and for palliative sedation to reduce agitation at the end of life. It takes great skill and experience to use palliative sedation proportionately so that extreme physical and existential distress are palliated, but death is not primarily accelerated. So it's a very fine line you have to walk here, they're yeah. saying. You can't just put this blanket blanket uh, thing for all doctors and nurses and, and you know aides working in nursing homes. It's not gonna work. So they go on I mean, to look, say I, this. And when I think yeah. about this, I mean, I think we've all at this point probably had a loved one, an elderly grandmother or grandfather, something like that, that's, you know, at the end of life, maybe been dealing with cancer or some disease that's made those like the last bit of time really painful. And at that point, there's that, you know, decision you make, would you like us to make them more comfortable? And you kind of realize that we're nearing that moment here. They're mm-hmm. talking about doing that for people that are, have a cold, 
who, who have, a, you know, a pneumonia, a lung infection. And instead of like curing that, like maybe like how about a vitamin C IV drip or something or some vitamin D, you know what we're going to do? We're going to give them the death protocol. We're going to make them comfortable and prepare them for death. I mean, it's yeah. crazy. This is a cold, you guys, you know, I mean, really and, and madness. There, like you said, there is a humane place for these drugs. They do have a purpose. And th but this this care pathway was given to the medical community at a time when there were no answers. They were desperate. They were scared. So it goes on in the BMJ to state this. This is what these palliative care specialists said, the top ones. They said NG-163 states sedation and opioid use should not be withheld because of a fear of causing respiratory depression. So that's what it does. If COVID-19 infection were uniformly fatal, this would be an acceptable statement. But for people not previously known to be at the end of life, there is potential risk of unintended serious harm if these medications are used incorrectly and without the benefit of specialist palliative care advice. So I reached out to several doctors, several, several different, uh, different hospital systems to see if this was happening in the US too. And none of them really said that they heard any evidence of this happening widespread in the US. Okay. Um, the U.S. was uh, when when people went to hospital, they were they were really relying on the ventilators. They weren't relying so much on the ventilators in the U.K. and Scotland. Well, we didn't need of... morphine and benzodiazepam. We had ventilators and remdesivir seemed to be doing the job well enough. Right. <laughs> Just, right. I mean, it was like a so, nine out of ten death rate with with that approach to this thing. And again, you imagine like in in this scenario, you have the the, the health department saying. Don't worry if you feel like you're killing people. That's not something you should, you know, be alarmed about. This is what we're asking you to do. It's essentially what they're saying, right? Don't let the fear of killing them get in the way of using this death protocol on them. I'm and just the overarching theme here was there was a concerted effort to shut down any conversation about early treatment. Just like you said, vitamin D, nothing. Everyone yeah. was just wait for the vaccine. And that that was the protocol. I mean, the yeah. unwritten written wink, wink protocol. So uh, a year, a, a month after that protocol, the NICE protocol here in the UK was was put out. Here's the headlines now. Uh, July 2020 drug scandal care homes accused of using powerful sedatives to make coronavirus victims die more quickly as use rocketed 100 percent. But then there's another arm to this. There are conversations. So people saying, well, you know, these drugs, they could have, it was up to their decision. I'm sure not everyone was trying to kill their patients. But then we have this interesting point, these do not resuscitate orders. And we covered this, but this was in The Guardian, a fury at do not resuscitate notices given to COVID patients with learning disabilities. So it says people with learning disabilities have been given do not resuscitate orders during the second wave of the pandemic in spite of widespread condemnation, the practice last year and an urgent investigation by the care watch dog so this was again it was it was that is straight up on. eugenics i mean let's be straight clear that's what hitler the first thing hitler did was just sort of wipe out the handicapped and those that were you know in wheelchairs and things like that um i mean so to think that they just said you know don't revive them there's no point just just let them die and in the absence of inform information really at the beginning and with with really fear being pushed by the media, by people like Neil Ferguson with his model, you had, you know, a mass casualty incident. It was a triage, basically a triage stance that these hospitals were going to. So you, you had these do not resuscitate orders and all this. So wouldn't you believe this is the headline here? Nicola Sturgeon, she's the PM of Scotland. COVID probe could be the biggest corporate homicide in legal history. Those are big wow. words. 
And how interesting is it that she stepped down? This is CNN. We don't like to quote them too much, but this is just the article as a timestamp. Nicola Sturgeon unexpectedly quits as first minister of Scotland. So this happened um, it's about, a, about a year ago. She stepped down, but she's out of there. She saw this probe coming. You know, uh, it's not because of the probe. It doesn't say that in the article, but you can read between the lines and really see that she's probably getting out of there the way of Jacinda Ardern, just trying to maybe yeah. get a cushy job at Harvard or something in disinformation campaigns. <laughs>